Now, I want to read four short verses this evening, and the first one's right at the commencement of your Bible, in Genesis in chapter 3, please. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 3, and verse 24 so he, that is God, drove out the man and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Now the second little reading is over into the New Testament in Matthew's Gospel and chapter 28. Now, Matthew 28, uh, and verse 5, And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. <laughs> As he said, come see the place where the Lord lay. Now back, please, to chapter 8 of Matthew. Matthew chapter 8. And actually chapter 9, Matthew chapter 9 and verse 2. And behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. And behold, certain of the scribes which said within themselves, This man blasphemeth. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, therefore, Think ye evil in your hearts, for whether is it easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and walk. And we know what happened to the man, the man that came lying on a bed, left carrying the bed itself. Now, the last little reading is in Second Corinthians and chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it's written to Christians, for we walk by faith and not by sight, verse 7. Now verse 8, we are confident, I say, willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Now that will suffice, we trust, with the Lord's Gracious blessing. We have just left uh, 2023. We'll never be back to 2023. We can't alter any happenings in 2023. We have left it all behind. And there are things that you do leave that you can't alter afterwards. And what I want to do this evening for our time together is think of four things left 
and uh, we're living with the consequences to this present moment. I want to think in Genesis and chapter 3 of Adam. He left the garden through one silly mistake. He disobeyed God, and he ended up on the outside. And all of humanity, from that moment until this present moment, we're living the consequences of what happened on that occasion. And it says someone, he was punished for disobedience, absolutely. And if you're not saved in the meeting tonight, I want you to tell you our Bible's very clear that the greatest sin of all is unbelief, not believing God. A dear Roman Catholic girl got recently saved. She was talking to the boyfriend who had a background of coming to meetings. And she said to him on that occasion, you're all wrapped up in yourself. As far as you're concerned, you won't take God at his word. God says Christ died and was buried and rose again and the work's done. And why do you not believe God? Short time afterwards, the fellow got past what he thought salvation was. Salvation, my friend, is by faith depending on the work of another. I'm depending on Christ. If you took the Lord Jesus from the speaker tonight, I have absolutely nothing for eternity. If you take the Lord Jesus Christ from any Christian tonight, they have nothing for eternity. But I ask you, what have you got for God's eternity? What are you depending on? It would be sad to make one vital mistake not doing what God asks you to do. I want to think of Adam leaving a garden as the result of a foolish mistake. And then I want to think about the Lord Jesus leaving the tomb because of a finished work. I, I love the hymn. Death could not keep its prey. He tore the bars away. Up from the grave he rose. Mighty triumph for his foes. I'm depending not on a dead Savior tonight. I'm depending on a living, glorified Savior at God's right hand. He'll never die again. The work is done. God is satisfied. And that's why we say to sinners, if God is satisfied, why are you not satisfied? There's something wrong with a dear one that just can't accept that the work was done by Christ and Christ alone. It's not what Christ has done plus a little bit of my effort. It's 100% the finished work of God's beloved Son, and an empty tomb proves it, and Christ rose from the dead because of a finished work. That's a big thing. 
Then thirdly, I want to consider a lame man. And he left his bed a forgiven individual. Big moment that. Big moment in my life. I didn't leave a bed. But I tell you, I got to this point. I'm going to put my whole trust and dependence on the Lord Jesus. Christ alone can save. Break the power of sin. And I see a dear man and he gets a message from the Lord Jesus. Thy sins be forgiven thee. And some in the meeting that are still in their sins would say, did he really mean it? Could it actually happen? I see a dear man, and he didn't question anything. He just accepted what the Savior said, and you've seen him nearly bouncing onto his feet, don't you? Salvation's a wonderful thing. A once-for-all thing. You don't need second touches. And you don't need second experiences. Believing Christ by faith brings a soul into this great salvation. Lastly, I want to think of souls leaving the body for a fixed eternity. If the Lord be not come, I would go as far as to say most now. Another 10 years will make a big change in Ballyclare, wouldn't it? Another 100 years and there will be not one soul in Ballyclare tonight that will be living then, young and old. Why is that? We must needs die, says the scripture, and there's going to be a moment when the soul, the person, leaves the body. And you remember this tonight. That's not the end of it. That's only the start for you for eternity. You'll leave the body, but you'll not cease to exist. And what we have, souls, is leaving the body and a fixed eternity at that point. Oh, says the word of God, as a tree falls, so shall it be. So I want to look at these four occasions of leaving and the results as the result. Number one, I want to think of how God created a garden I like plants. I like them when they're in their bloom. But it must have been a wonderful place. Now, God selected it, and please, young, young people, you'll be taught that humanity started in Africa. It did nothing of the sort. God planted a garden eastward in Eden. It must have been an outstanding place. In beauty, he had created Adam beforehand. I wonder did Adam see it all forming? For he formed man out of the dust of the ground, and then he made a garden eastward in Eden, and then he put man into the garden.
I tell you, he had everything. You see, some people will tell you, what's life all about? Winning the lottery and getting everything? Heard a man that won 10 million and it's all gone. What comes easy goes easy. You can have everything and have nothing. Well, here's Adam and he had everything and he's going to lose everything. Of all the trees in the garden, you may freely eat. But there's a tree that you don't partake of. There's a tree that you don't touch. There's a tree that's prohibited. There's a tree that you're not going to go near to. You would say to yourself, well, wouldn't that be madness of Adam going and doing what God told him not to do? That's only, look what he can enjoy. 99% of the wonders of the Garden of Eden at his disposal to enjoy in full. Ha! He wouldn't need to disobey God, would he? The Bible says, as by one man's disobedience, there it is. We were all brought into a situation as by one man doing something foolish in disobeying God. And we read this evening, and God drove him out of the garden. And he's on the outside. And every one of us are born on the outside. And every one of us have a distance between us and God. And the only hope of a soul getting to heaven at the end of life's little journey is that there is someone comes in and undertakes our condition and removes our sin. I was quoted in the prayer meeting. Thank God we have an answer to that. There is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. That's why you need to trust in Christ. And Christ alone can save. And God drove out the man. And as the result of that one act of disobedience, our hospitals are filled. Our prisons are filled. We look around at the disaster. One man said, why does God allow all this going on in the world to me? I said, don't blame God. Blame yourself. It's man's sin. It's what the consequences of man uh, pushing God out of his life and living as if there is no God. And it's all because Adam's sin, he was put out of a garden. I hope you're thinking about yourself tonight. Okay, quickly, someone says, well, that's okay. What's the answer to that then? Well, the answer isn't religion. Hope you understand that, my dear one. If you come to these meetings, maybe there's a dear one first time in the meeting this evening. We're not preaching religion. You could attend every place of worship That's possible. And die in your sins and miss heaven. When we had meetings in the street, it must be nearly 40 years ago now, 
I went to a house up that road, a big house, and we knocked the door and the man wasn't just too civil. As a matter of fact, quite aggressive. When we got him calmed down a little bit, I said to him on that occasion, what are you depending on for heaven? I was most amazed. He stepped out onto his doorstep and he said, that place down there, my father's name's on the roll, my grandfather's name's on the roll, all our generations are, and I got my name on the roll. Oh, I said, right. Is that all you're depending on? No, he said, recently I've had a bit of thought about these things. And I went down that road there. And you see that place, I got my name in their role as well. You could have your name in every church role around Ballyclare and die in your sins and be lost for eternity. It's not religion. It's not good works. It's not baptism. Some people will tell me that a few drops of water will take a person and make them a child of God. That is totally against what the Bible says. If that was the case, my Savior would never have died. So what is the remedy? What uh, can we present to the people tonight that is an answer to these problems? Well, there is only one answer, and it had to come from God. It couldn't come from man. Because all have sinned and come short of his glory. And what's the answer? I love that little verse in John 3 and 16. God so loved the world. And he loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him. Should not perish but have everlasting life. What's the answer? God had one son. And the miracle of all miracles, because it is a miracle. You see, God the Father, Son, and, and Holy Spirit, God's a spirit. A spirit never has a beginning. And some people have said to me, well, where did God come from? God's eternal. God's a spirit. God had no beginning. But in order to put away your sin and my sin, someone had to die. And how could God die if he always existed? It's impossible. But God had a great plan. Back in eternity, that he would send his son into the world by way of the virgin womb. And he would create a holy body in the virgin womb. A body hast thou prepared me. And so, miracle of all miracles, when we look at the incarnation, this is God's answer. God manifested in flesh. And so the Lord Jesus comes into the world unique. Oh, what a Savior we present. No one like the Lord Jesus. He couldn't sin. 
He was holy, harmless, undefiled, undefilable, separate from sinners, unique in every way. We, we say holy humanity. Oh, the wonder of that. So he's the only one uniquely fitted to deal with sin. I couldn't die for your sin. You couldn't die for my sin because we're all sinners. It took God to send his lovely son into the world. What a savior. I love the hymn. All the way to Calvary he went. To this end, he said, I came into the world. And he knew exactly what lay before him. And the garden, Gethsemane wouldn't deter him. And he was fixed on this glorious work that God had given him to do. And the moment was reached when men took him. The creator of the universe, all things were created by him. Without him, there was nothing made that was made, John 1. And they spat in his face. And they made long as furrows upon his back. And they placed a crown of thorns upon his head. Oh, my dear one. Then they took him and they nailed him to a Roman gibbet. And we sing at times, hark, we hear the dull blow of the hammer swung low. They're nailing my Lord to the tree. To this end he came, knowing all the pain he had to suffer, knowing the depths he had to sink to, knowing the tremendous work of putting away sin. And yonder hanging on a cross, God shrouded that scene in darkness. Not a human eye saw. The great remedy for sin, bearing sin but not his own, suffering agony untold. And in the darkness of Calvary, the Bible says he made his soul an offering for sin. Oh, I know it doesn't mean anything to some in the meeting. You're not saved. But I'll tell you, it means everything to every saint tonight. Do you know, I look at Calvary and I can say, do you know, all my sin was laid upon him. Jesus bore them on the tree. God who knew them, he led them on him. And mind you, God couldn't miss any sin because he has a record of all sin. Led them on him, and believing, I go free. What a work was done at cross. Can you understand tonight? That's the remedy for sin. See from his head, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love flew mingled down. Why? But the, the Savior actually died, suffered, bled, and died at Calvary. And the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 15, 3, this is the gospel we preach. Christ died for our sins. What a work that's done. Mighty work. 
they took his lovely body down as the manner of Jews to bury. And that's a miracle in itself. And they wrapped the body and put it in a new tomb. They sealed the door. Uh, I tell you, they thought they could keep the Savior in. And the third day, God pushed aside the door. And here's the announcement, he's not here. He's left. Come see the place where the Lord lay. Up from the grave he arose. Mighty triumph o'er his foes. Oh, my dear and friend in the meeting tonight, he arose because the work is totally finished. It is finished, yes, indeed. Finished every jot. Sinner, tell me. That's all you need. Tell me, is it not? He's a risen Savior. He's a mighty Savior. He's able to save to the uttermost. Work's done. Quickly, I want you to see a, a man now that appreciates that. Because I'm watching the clock. A man who's helpless. Now, I've told you, you can't save yourself, just like that man. But he had friends that brought him to a meeting. That's good. And they get him as near to the Savior as they can. That's all people can do. And the Lord looks at him. And he said, thy sins be forgiven thee. Why? Because he's already, he's in light of Calvary, he's able, the son of man of power on earth to forgive sins. And he says, thy sins be forgiven thee. Now tell me. If the Lord Jesus was in Ballyclare here tonight physically, standing in front of this meeting, and he says to someone down the right-hand side, or is it the left-hand side? Because of Calvary now, thy sins be forgiven thee. I wonder what you would do. Would you believe it? Would you accept it? Would you want something more than that? I said something, that's too simple. Well, keep thinking that and you'll lose your soul. My Bible says that the work's done. John 19, it is finished, verse 30. And if the work's done, and God is satisfied, and he is, and the Savior's risen from the dead, and he has, all he asks for you to do is to accept by faith that that's for sufficient for eternity. Take up thy bed, walk, thy sins, Forgiven. <laughs> I tell you, did he accept it? My, if you had seen that man come down the road with a bed on his shoulder, <gasps> eh? 
That couldn't be the same man. As he lay on the bed, he was a sinner. When he believed the message in a moment of time, he's off the bed and walking to prove the reality of salvation. There's not one person in the meeting tonight that says anything more than I was a guilty sinner, but Jesus died for me. Why? Because we believed it. And he's living to prove it. And that's a wonderful thing. Do you know our only desire in the meeting tonight? That you would be simple enough to take God at his word. These things are written that you might know. How do I know? I know when I accept the word of God. Sammy me is that you know. Sammy, one of his granddaughters, was very anxious to be saved. And he came down to Sammy and they were out in the car and and uh, Sammy said to the granddaughter, you passed your GCSEs? Oh, yes, she said, yeah, yeah. And uh, how do you know? Oh, uh, she said, I got a slip of paper with all the results. And do you believe it? And she said, it's written down. Of course I believe it. He said, you'll believe a slip of paper about your GSASs and you won't believe God about what the Lord Jesus done for you at Calvary. I'll take him at his word and deed. Christ died for sinners, this I read. For in my heart, I feel the need of him to be my savior. Oh, I tell you, friend. You're a sinner tonight because Adam left the garden. You could be saved tonight because Christ left the tomb with a work done. And you will be saved tonight if you take the Lord at his word and accept by faith that that's all you need for God's eternity. I'm nearly finished. It's a sad thing in my life, for sinners to know that. And it comes from late to the point of leaving the body and not saved. And mind you, we're living in very uncertain days. Mind you, on a, on a car and a crash of metal and a second gone, I've been impressed with a number of young people that have been killed in one car crashes in the last three, four months. One person in a car. I've been impressed by athletes dropping dead at the peak of health. Just that moment when life's little journey comes to an end, and it will. And remember this. When the Bible says there is but a step between me and death, that's true. The speaker mightn't see Belfast tonight. But at that moment of death, and it'll take place, 
Your destiny's fixed. <coughs> fixed. And the context of one, uh, 2 Corinthians 5 is the saint. Absent from the body? There it is. Ah, but wait a minute. Instantly. Present. With the Lord. Quicker than any rocket would take you up. Absent. Present. Oh, I tell you. In a moment of time. And there... That will never be changed. Once I'm in the presence of Christ, I'll be there for eternity. Even on resurrection, when the body is raised, it'll be the soul joining the body. Just to be with the dear Lord, that will be glory for me. Will it be glory for you? As I finish... You don't know what 2024 holds. Neither do I. But if your little journey came to an end, now where are you going to be? And if you're not saved, it's not heaven. And my Bible's clear now. Said the Lord Jesus, where I am, you'll not be. It's impossible to be with Christ. And if you're not with Christ, you'll be under the judgment of God for eternity. I plead with you, with all the sincerity in my soul, give yourself a chance, friend. You go in for God's salvation. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. God is able to save to the uttermost. God is waiting for a response. And the sinner's greatest need is not a rise in pay, is not a new job or another step in the ladder. The greatest need is you get your soul saved for God's eternity before you leave the body because it's permanent and there's no coming back and eternity is fixed. For an individual, that's good to be going to heaven. Hope all the saints are rejoicing tonight. Isn't it good to be saved? Oh, the wonder of it all. Absent, present with Christ, which is very far better. Think of your destiny. Think of your journey. Think of you yourself this evening. And I say again, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be certainly saved for eternity, shall we pray. Our Father, we thank thee for these moments that have passed, and even the moments of our meeting tonight can never be recounted. They're gone, and the message has been sounded out, and our desire is, Father, that in our meeting tonight there might be someone and these matters will be so important more than anything else in life that they might turn to the Savior and put their faith and trust in the work of the cross. We thank thee it's a finished work. We thank thee it'll never be repeated. And as the result, the gift of God is eternal life. Bless thy word. Take us to our homes in safety. Father, we pray.
and we'll give to thee the glory in the Saviour's name. Amen. <laughs>